How you doing? I'm doing great. Nice to see you, Randy. Oh, uh, nice to nice to be seen. Uh, so for those watching, uh, sorry, we uh, had a little scheduling conflict, so we pushed from Wednesday till today. So for those that had goofed up, I apologize, but certainly you can see it on the uh, repost if you're not watching live. Um, totally psyched to have Paul Hunter with us today. He's uh, SVP and Managing Director at HPE and uh, certainly has a, a lot on his plate and uh, look forward to uh, learning a lot and uh, having you share some good content with us. Yeah, delighted to be with you. And, and the apologies, mind. I think it was my mess up that I was at the right time on Wednesday. No, no, I think it's my sword to fall on. <laughs> I'll fall on the sword. Don't worry about it. Um, and I'm actually in uh, Alabama. We have our uh, opening weekend this uh, th this weekend. So I'm in the uh, Marriott Hotel there here. So uh, that, that, that's, that's my background. So um, by way of introduction, I've got uh, uh, a few friends. Uh, Patrick Osborne, who was uh, SVP of the Storage BU at HP, says, uh, ba, ba, ba. okay, uh, North America CRO, former channel chief and world's most dangerous man on two wheels. Paul <laughs> Hunter is leading the GTM charge for AP, HPE's pivot to an as-a-service cloud company. Paul and his team are changing the way customers consume and manage infrastructure with HPE GreenLake. CR Howdy Shell, uh, CEO of Advisex, says, uh, for HPE, no one better to lead the sales charge than Paul Hunter. He totally understands the channel from a value and scalability perspective. He knows the partners who have invested for the long run with HPE. Additionally, he is committed to executing with the channel on GreenLake and is engaged with the key partners in the HPE ecosystem. That makes it easy for partners to co-invest in the consumption business. Uh, I think I saw they just advise just got some big Green Lake Partner of the Year award or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're one of the rock star partners, and uh, CRs uh, being a big advocate, leading the charge from the front. So yeah, and thank you for, awesome. to his compliment, but uh, he's earned he's earned all the recognition. Very good. And uh, Sean Kearns, uh, so the distributor side CEO at yeah. Electronics. I've always appreciated the intellect that Paul brings to his capacity as a leader. I think he's done a nice job taking the lessons of his career journey to each successive role in a way that's apparent to the HPE channel. So that's really good. And then I almost forgot, I got from uh, Antonio uh, last minute on uh, Wednesday, uh, Antonio Neri, CEO, love Antonio, says, uh, Paul Hunter is a man of many tricks, but he sure knows how to sell. That's pretty cool. That, well, that's nice. He didn't mention that to me when I saw him yesterday, but there we go. Awesome. And um, unfortunately, you and I never had a chance to overlap when I was running the America's business and the U.S. business at the time, which was uh, ESSN, now HPE. You were running the uh, uh, PSG business over in the U.K., but certainly yeah. know you have a great reputation. Obviously, the channel loves you, the HP team and customers and partners. And, um, you know, I, I can totally appreciate how much you have your uh, your hands full, but you seem to continue to uh, survive and thrive, given your uh, 21 years at, at that HP. So, uh, congratulations for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's always a, it's been a joy. It was one of the one of the joys of my career has been working with partners. I've, I did it right from the very start. Uh, it was one of the when I joined Compact back in the day, which is it's actually 27 yeah. years ago now. Um, that was one of the first things you did was go and spend some time with the partners. Um, and I was covering finance, so Computer Center and Richard Archer and there's a whole cast of characters there. 
Awesome. And um, I almost love that we're sponsored today by Gong, who's our uh, revenue intelligence sponsor of sales community. But um, as sales tools evolve, they definitely have a lot, a lot of great offerings uh, and just a lot, a lot of unique uh, uh, IP and uh, offerings to help sellers sell more. And uh, for those that are members of sales community, thanks so much. If you are not, you can go to salescommunity.com and you can look in the upper left-hand corner. There's a tab that says uh, winter free. So uh, you can use that for the free one or there's another one if you want to, if you want to pay, pay for some reason. And uh, Tucker just posted it. And Tucker is uh, behind the scenes here doing the heavy lifting as always. So Tucker, thanks so much for that. So uh, oh, also just for introduction, so your interest besides work and family, you, you also do triathlons. How the, yeah. have, how the heck do you have time to do that? Well, uh, part that's the commute to work. So uh, sometimes I run and get the train, and sometimes I ride, and and sometimes um, I do neither of the neither of those both those things. So, yeah, no, it's just a way of making sure that all my life isn't consumed by either my family or work. There you go. All very very important for sure, and uh, not just say it, but lead, lead by example. So let's jump in. So I think your first job was uh, in sales at NCR back in 1991. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I started as a sales trainee uh, in the UK at the time. We we had these um, college degrees where, for the one year out of the four years you worked, and I worked as a as an order analyst of all things at NCR. Oh. And uh, the people that seemed to be having the most fun were the sales team. So I thought, well, maybe I'll give that a go when I come back. Awesome, really good. And then um, uh, maybe uh, quickly just go through your career from there. Yeah, so I was at NCR for the best part of uh, four or five years. Um, it was also the time where AT&T bought NCR. So it was, at one point, it was AT&T Global Solutions and oh. then subsequently divested them again. So we went through that um, roller coaster. And then I uh, was recruited uh, by one of my prior sales managers from NCR to go and work at Compaq in the late, in the sort of mid 90s. And uh, that was when Compaq were, you know, in the UK, it was a kind of a billion dollar business, but it didn't have a big sales team kind of, uh, you know, 30 or 40 end user sales, to, end user sales reps and maybe 15 people running the partners and retail. Um, so I was recruited. In fact, um, I worked with a guy called Eric Gale. So Eric is the AWS country manager for Canada. And uh, I recently saw him on my trip to Canada. It was great to see him. So uh, Eric recruited me. Um, I also had a, a sales manager I really looked up to that went to Compaq. And I was I kind of had three stints at um, before um, in, in my time at HP and Compaq, one, I was a sales rep selling to financial customers, um, essentially international banks. I then did sort of sales management roles in financial services, selling to banks, um, leading teams there. And it was kind of the, the sort of infrastructure business. Uh, then I moved to the, what were the time was the dark side, the PC business. So uh, I had sort of every role working for the general manager and then eventually became the general manager for the PC business. And, um, and then that also had the print business included as well at, at some point. And then in uh, 2014, I moved to the US. Um, I had, I've had three jobs in the US. I was uh, chief of staff to the CEO for uh, three years. I led partner sales for two and a half years and I lead North America and I'm two and a half years in, into that role. Wow, that's great. And um, so chief of staff, that was uh, for Meg, right? 
Yeah, and in fact, I see Larry Irvin is on the is on the chat, and so I came across Larry when I was uh, chief of staff for Meg, and uh, he was he was leading new business sales, and uh, did a very nice job of it. Um, very talented sales leader. Wow, so that that'd be pretty cool. I mean, you have I'm sure there's a lot you can't talk about, but you're kind of had a catbird seat there with Meg going through lots of lots of change. And- yeah, yeah, no, it was. I, I mean. It's a really weird job, chief of staff to a CEO, and each each chief of staff job just depends on who the CEO is. So, um, I was fortunate in that uh, Meg was, uh, you know, very experienced CEO, and so she really took advantage of of using a chief of staff. Um, and to the British people, like they would say, "What what are you, you know? What are you doing? You're carrying her bags." And it was like, "No, there's a bit more to it than that." But um, I went from kind of leading. Um, a decent-sized business in the UK and Ireland. It was uh, that was at the time a three billion dollar business, and I had sort of four to five hundred people working in the team. And then when I moved to the US as the chief of staff, I was neither the chief and I didn't have any staff, so it was about four people. And um, I was um, I, I sort of kind of thought my opinion was important, but found out it really wasn't. <laughs> and uh, nor was it nor was it eagerly sought. Um, you know, that I learned a huge amount. It was like, it was really, it's right. a development job inside HPE. So right. um, all of the people that succeeded me are now all, you know, doing really successful things. Um, one's the CEO over Aruba, one is an, an, um, one of the senior leaders in the storage business. And now the country manager for Ireland is the new chief of staff for uh, Antonio. So it was, um, and it was an incredible job, really, really incredible. And I've got lots of stories and it was, it was not what you expected of it. I thought that when I came over, uh, I would sort of earn personal trust really quickly and professional trust would take quite a long time. And it was the inverse of that. Um, professional trust came very quickly. Um, personal trust took a lot longer. Um, so, um, yeah, no, no, I learned a lot. And, and the, you know, you're in every meeting the CEO's in bar, bar, the one-to-ones and uh, so I was in board meetings I was in strategy meetings and so you build up a rolodex of of experiences of what you've seen the CEO do in certain situations yeah. and it, it just gives you a really good sense of how to get things done in big companies that's great and you had uh, probably a fair share of meetings at uh, Princeton where she went and uh, down in Alabama probably too right yeah yeah exactly yeah we went to Alabama um, actually <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, um, um, you know, makers, uh, she's, she puts a lot of store in her family and, uh, and, um, spends time with them. So yeah, we would be in Alabama, but, um, we would be throughout. In fact, that was one of kind of our projects was, uh, Meg would sort of say, look, if she had an idea and she didn't want to spin up a whole host of people in the company, she would, she would, uh, essentially say, you know, Paul, look, can you, you know, see whether you can make this idea come to life and so that's what i'd go go away and do and in partnership with um dan belanger one of the projects was called uh it was called the state project and essentially the idea was you'd have some sales leaders that would manage a state that we sort of maybe thought were underserved one of which was alabama so um we had we had at that time five or six leaders that ran six six states and uh, Dan was at the forefront of it, and Dan would have to report out and say how we're we doing, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. So um, we have some commentary here. So uh, for those watching, you can uh, either hear us or see us. We cannot see you, but whatever you post, feel free to have any comments or questions. 
Uh, Alan Mueller says, hello there, excited to be here. I think she's with Emissary, I, I should remember. But, um, oh, really? I was talking about them last night. Yeah. Oh, in fact, but, I was talking about Alan last night. There's yeah. a connection I didn't expect. There you to go, make. yeah. And it's, it's actually really cool. So they've got a bench of um, X kind of CXOs that have recently departed within 18 months, and it's a who's who of uh, yeah. companies. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, we had, I think it was like a State Street or Capital One. We had actually had um, some, some of your folks running with like a year or so ago as, as a pilot. I don't even know what happened, but. Uh, it, it came up last night in conversation. So David Head, who used to be the chief marketing officer for, for Silver Peak, which was the SD-WAN company we bought, um, use, used to use um, Allen services. And then independent of that, Leslie Canning, who runs sales enablement, was also at the table, and we are using Emissary for some of our um, customer engagements and um, was with a lot of plaudits. So it was interesting joining the dots there. But, yeah, no, that's a fabulous service, and we've we've used it on many occasions and are looking to actually do more of it. So that's an opportunity. Yeah, there was um, – yeah, so, Alan, just going back, I think, a year or so ago, I think through George Hope in the channel, we had, we had some things going on. But anyway. Oh, interesting. I, I, I will move on. So, uh, Larry, uh, we posted that. Larry, thanks for chiming in. Terry Richardson, uh, this is impressive seeing two former bosses in this podcast. <laughs> I'll enjoy this one. So, all right. Terry, feel free to ask any questions, but probably what we know about the channel, we probably learned from you. That's most likely. And uh, Jesse asked the question, uh, should sales leaders help their sales development teams bail themselves out of LinkedIn or Google jail? So I think what he probably refers to there is maybe where people are yeah, if they, if they maybe they get shut down. I guess two different contexts. One is if um, you do too much and you get shut down, could be uh, one. Or Tucker just chimed in here, email spamming for Google. So I guess it's probably around maybe any. Uh, I'll maybe take take a leap. Um, kind of best practices maybe that you guys have about doing cold outreach because a lot of the traditional ways with some of the LinkedIn and some of the Google can. Uh, get you shut down yeah so we um we use linkedin sales navigator um that's one of the you know suite of um, sales tools we provide our sales teams um we also use other tools as well so um we found linkedin sales navigator to be reasonably um valuable um quite useful um i, I use linkedin because sometimes like, you get you get more traction with your own teams on linkedin than you do using some of the internal tools so uh, it's just a it's just a good way to connect with a broader community and and uh hit, keep in touch with people yeah um i was actually talking to coincidentally yesterday um uh Alyssa, who runs i think global sales there for sales navigator and kind of does the enterprise elas and uh she said actually believe it or not obviously you've got a good handle on it but she said one of their opportunities are that sales leaders aren't really using it as much and i said you know for me for sales community i've got you know you and thanks for being on my advisory board as well sorry i should have said that in the beginning but you know, kind of advisory board members, I've got them tagged in the sales community. So that, you know, for, for, for me, for my LinkedIn, so that way that feed, if you post something that's going to come up faster than somebody that I don't know at all. And then if you want to do any outreach or any cadence of outreach, cadence of outreach, it's just really amazing. I was just amazed that, uh, you, know, you know, more leaders aren't, aren't totally using it. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 funny. It's one of those um, LinkedIn is one. I mean, when I first came to the the US and uh, was doing the sort of channel role, I had someone that was sort of giving me some advice on social media, and I sort of poo pooed it a little bit. I, I'm not. I don't use Insta, I don't use Instagram and Facebook regularly for my personal life. So, and I I was using um, LinkedIn just for sort of a professional networking, keeping contacts essentially. But she encouraged me. Look, you can build up really good communities you can really build up some good conversations yeah. and and i found that very much to be the, the the case so um i actually use it quite a lot a lot more than i anticipated i i sort of review it pretty frequently the hot the hard thing with it is also messages now messages now is becoming you know it's, it's hard to keep on top of them but oh, the yeah. actual posting the posting and the interaction on the posts i find to be very valuable yeah a lot, a lot of times too, i think people you probably have a it's more likely given spam and everything else and junk you probably have a better chance of getting through on uh you know linkedin than you do right? yeah. regular email these yeah days. yeah no exactly and our sales teams <laughs> have been have been using it pretty effectively as well the other thing i think is quite surprising about uh, well i found surprising is you can build you get access to a pretty decent audience um yeah. and yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of customers around I me mean, there's a lot that for the partner community i would say it's probably the most effective tool that we've got for communicating with our partners a lot of interaction you get you get a lot of unfiltered feedback which is really helpful as well it doesn't go through five five layers of sales management before you get the filtered piece of information it just comes direct to you so uh, particularly for the partner community i, I find it really valuable um, so yeah we use it a lot